Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. Today's hot sheet, uh, or every day's hot sheet, covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. And on today's hot sheet, I will discuss new home sales, home price growth from the 90s to today. It's a chart you want to use this weekend. NARS Outdoor Remodeling Report and an update on the banking system. Today is March 24, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Another wild week. I am still in Connecticut today, but not in Stanford. I am in the Guilford connecticut studio over here at my team office before i head back to naples tonight next week's show will be all in the home studio of naples hope everybody's having a great friday morning hit the thumbs up and let's jump into the uh, u.s census bureau and u.s department of housing and urban development report yesterday on new home sales new residential sales so new construction uh, new houses sold 640,000. This is the February 2023 report seasonally adjusted 640,000 new houses for sale is uh, 436,000. Okay. And then uh, that's also seasonally adjusted. The median sale price is now $438,200. That's down from that KB number that we talked about yesterday, KB homes and their earnings report. Uh, that's a specific builder. Their median sale price was in the 490,000 range. So 440,000, 490,000, both of these numbers well above the median sale price for existing homes. We know that that's 363,000 according to NAR. So new construction, new home sales continues to be well above median price points, uh, certainly well above what's considered affordable across the country. You can see here, and this is down below for you in our daily download uh, link where you get all of our sources and charts available. Uh, if you sign up once, you get those just sent to you every single day, whether you make the live show or not. New residential sales, seasonally adjusted annually annual rate. This is houses sold, okay? So uh, in thousands of units for inventory, okay? You can see here, uh, we are up in that 640,000 number down from where we were in February of uh, 2020, February of 2021, and February of 2022. All right. So that that is, um, again, all available for you. The seasonal adjusted estimate of new houses for sale at the end of February, again, was 436,000. That represents a supply of 8.2 months at the current sales rate. So inventory for new homes is much you know, greater than inventory for existing or total inventory in the market. Total inventory on the market right now is about three and a half months. So new homes is over eight months. Anything over six months we know is a buyer's market. So technically for new homes we're, we're in a buyer's market. It's why you've seen sellers make more concessions uh, the last six to nine months than they did prior. 
because that inventory is stacking up and that inventory throughout the year for new homes, ex uh, expect that to get even larger, especially at these higher price points that they're dealing with. Okay. Uh, this is a 1.1. These numbers here, the 640,000 seasonally adjusted um, sales of single family homes. It's a 1.1% uh, increase from January's rate, which was 633,000. Uh, but it's 19% below February 2022, which we were running at a 790,000 seasonally adjusted number for new fam, uh, new home sales. So well off uh, where we were this time last year. Um, here, here's a quote I'm reading from Housing Wire for the chief economist from Bright MLS. Home builders are still feeling cautiously optimistic. We've seen that home buyer sentiment tick up uh, a little bit in the last month about a strong spring home buying season. Despite mortgage rate volatility and economic uncertainty, a key reason for builder optimism is the very low inventory in the existing home market. So total inventory, like I just mentioned, was three and a half months. Uh, this is going to force more buyers into that new home market. But knowing that new homes are averaging 440,000 median sale price and builders like KB Homes, like we talked about yesterday, at 490,000 and that their inventory is over eight months. I think that optimism is rightfully, you know, subdued. It's under 50 on that home builder sentiment right now. And anything over 50, um, it, you know, is what they're normally looking for. And they're still living under uh, that 50 number. The number of existing home sales for sale is still less than half what it was prior to the pandemic. In many markets, buyers are still facing stiff competition, often making offers on multiple homes uh, before successfully purchasing. If builders, this isn't builders' fault by any means, but if builders could build affordable housing across America, if we had eight months of supply um, right now at the current sales pace of affordable homes or even median-priced homes, how great would that be for our market, right? Let me know in the comments if you'd be excited about that. Uh, as a result of the increased competition, the median sale price uh, is this 400 and about 40,000, which is up, by the way, 36.7% from uh, year over year from this time last year. So that's up 36.7%, the uh, median sale price on new homes sold. That builders aren't going to have a lot of room. They're going to they're gonna try to make concessions with buy downs on the rate and things like that before they actually move these prices um, down. That would be the last case scenario is, is moving prices down. Jody uh, Tuttle says our home builders are offering many incentives to attract home buyers. I'd love to know if they're offering what incentives they're offering. Um, Jody, if those are inclusive of, of price at all, if they're staying away from that initially, uh, not a buyer's market here on Long Island, still a seller's market, just a shade over two months of inventory. And yeah, in the Northeast, you have about two months of inventory on existing homes. Uh, right now, we're talking about new homes. So new construction, newly built homes has over eight months of inventory. This is not existing homes. Nationwide existing homes has three and a half months of inventory. So we're just talking about new homes right now. Long Island, not a lot of places to build new homes. So the new home market is probably, um, while it may not be two, love to know if you, if you have that data. Uh, certainly probably is an eight, but there's also not an abundance of building happening on Long Island because of the density there. Regional, regionally, the sales pace was down in the Northeast, 21,000 homes, the Midwest, 71,000 homes. 
uh, on a month-over-month basis, while the Northeast recorded a larger drop at 40%. The South, 415,000 homes in the West, 133 homes were both up month-over-month, rising 3% and 8.1% respectively. So uh, like we just talked about Long Island, all of the Northeast only has 21,000 homes compared to the Midwest at 71,000, the South at 415,000 homes, the West at 133,000 homes. The Northeast, when it comes to new home construction, is is not a good measuring stick because there's not much of it going on. It's, it's much more densely populated. There's not good land to build on that, you know, all of that's been uh, kind of taken up in the past. And that's why you see people building in, in, in Texas and Florida and also the states that people are migrating to. Uh, on a yearly basis, all regions recorded drops in annual sales pace with the Northeast recording the largest drop at the 553 percent okay that's new homes right only so we're, when we say new homes we're just talking about new construction new builds not these existing homes okay uh, moving on to this is a chart right here i'm going to share with you from fortune lance lambert chart that i would be sharing with every single buyer who has fears about home prices so it's probably a common fear. Let me know in the comments. Are buyers right now hesitant, fearful, worried about what the value of their home is going to be long-term after they buy? Well, this chart shows you in the last four decades, you couldn't lose buying residential real estate. Home uh, price growth by months into each decade. You see here that in the 1990s, 90s, one of... I think 90s were the best decade of all time. I'm super super biased, obviously. Um, but let me know if you agree. Were the, were the 90s the best decade of all time, or are, you, or are you more of an 80s fan? Certainly 80s and 90s feel like uh, really good times as we're living through the 2020s. 1990s, 30.2% home price growth in the 1990s, okay? 2000 and are just the 2000s, okay? 48.2%. The 2000s, 48.2% home price growth. So that's from year 2000 to 2000 and the, the through 2009. Think about what happened. We went through 2006, uh, you know, 2007 rather, 2008. But it's because in the 2000s, we went up over 80%. Everybody talks about that 40% drop in the 2000s, they forget before that it went up over 80%. So to close out the decade of the 2000s, home values were up 48.2%. The 2010s, home values were up 44.5%. And the 2020s, or three years into it, were sitting at 39%. Okay, so if I was, look at this, look at this grouping here from the last four decades. If you if you if you can see the chart, you see the grouping that I'm talking about. This this spread of, you know, 30.2% being the low in the 1990s to 48.2% being the high decade in the 2000s. Again, 2010s 44.5%, and right now so far in the 2020s 39%. This is a very tight grouping. In any given decade, you're going to be up on your real estate on your single family home from 30 to almost 50%. We know that the average buyer, the average homeowner stays in their house 11 years. So buyers who are fearful about where prices are going to go, 
The question is, do you plan on being your, in your house for 10 years? Okay. Are you going to be there seven to 12 years? Give them a range, right? The average, you know, the average buyer, depending on the market, a homeowner rather is in their home between that seven to 12 year range. This grouping right here tells you that if you're going to be in there for 10 years, you really can't lose. If I was to place a bet on how the next seven years look with all the uncertainty that we're faced with today with, you know, how much is this money printing going to catch up to us? Let's just say we were relatively flat. Maybe let's let's play a little prediction game here. Maybe, maybe we do drop a little bit more right now, but then we just start doing maybe a, I don't know, a, a slight flat decline. We could end up right in the middle of those 2020s, 2010s by the end of the decade and be in the, I don't know, high 40s. Um, we're sitting at 39% right now. That That could be a uh you know a path that we take I, I think we'll certainly end up in this grouping or possibly because of how much money we've printed in real estate assets are so valuable even above those 2000s uh jeremy no notification youtube must hate you know what uh all your misinformation jokes jeremy uh, some for some reason some other people have said they're not getting notifications i don't know what it is i think it's my affiliation with the broke agent and YouTube is certainly punishing me for that. Okay. I, I don't know what the, what the notification is about. Love to know in the comments, if you get notifications on this show or not. And if you, if you're typically on the, on the phone app, okay. I'd love to love to know from you. All right. So that charts down below fearful buyers, uh, on, on, in regards to their price should see that. Okay. This is the last four decades. So we're talking about 40 years worth of date well 33 years technically because we're three years into this one worth of data that should hopefully ease the concerns you're not buying for a weekend or, or for a year you're buying for your future and you want to think about this long term when you're buying a house and what can uh think thinking long term what could outdoor remodeling projects do for your long term value this is on now bam.com with the 2023 remodeling impact report reveals about outdoor features. The 2023 Remodeling Impact Report, uh, which was done by NAR, revealed the contrast between realtor recommendations for improving a home's curb appeal and homeowner, homeowner's assessment of the emotional impact of each landscaping project. Real estate professionals can use this data to help potential clients boost their home's property value, even if they're not planning to sell yet. Or you may hear as a real estate agent, you may be hearing this right now. I want to wait till the end of spring because I want to do this or do that to my curb appeal, to, to my landscaping, to my exterior. And now here's the data to be able to advise them what they should or shouldn't do. Would it be worth waiting till the end of the spring when we're potentially going to see an increase in inventory competition by that time? You know, is the money worth the wait uh, to put yourself in maybe a less advantageous, advantageous position? Most realtors, 92% recommend improving a home's curb appeal before listing to help maximize the seller's ROI. I might be here in 2023 spring market. I personally probably be in the 8% unless we're talking about, you know, a litter freak, somebody who, who's got like all kinds of flamingos in the front yard or something. You know, I might want to tidy it up a little bit. Uh, but I don't know that I would go into a big time project right now, especially like the Long Island comment we had earlier. 
where we're talking about two months of inventory in the market. I want to clean it up, simplify, declutter everything, whether that's exterior and interior. And I want to hit the market. I want to be one of those first movers to the spring market. So maybe I'm in the 8% of most realtors who 92% are recommending improving the home's curb appeal before listing to maximize ROI. Let me know in the in the comments where you would be on that right now because we're this is where we're at. We're March <clears throat> 24th, 2023. Would you recommend pausing before going on the market or would you re recommend just tidying up, decluttering, clean slate and getting on the market? And I know each situation's individual, but just generally speaking, NALP CEO, it's no surprise that nearly all realtors and most homeowners place high value on curb appeal of well maintained yard. Healthy outdoor living and green spaces help the environment increase home values, make communities more desirable, and improve people's mental and physical health. Okay, there you go. Uh, here are the 11 outdoor projects. So uh, the, the, here's the report, okay? NAR, NALP report looked at 11 different outdoor residential projects and covered the following for each project cost, estimated cost recovery and realtors recommendation and consumer experience. The 11 outdoor uh, projects include in order of expense. Okay. So uh, we're going to order these in expense according to the report. Consumers rated all the above projects highly, giving them joy scores of nine and above on a scale from one to 10. So this is consumers rating and, uh, and we've got the average cost on here. In-ground pool edition, $90,000. So this is consumers giving them joy scores of nine, okay? New wood deck uh, coming in at 17000 Outdoor kitchen, $15,000. New patio, ten five. I'm paying for a patio right now. It's more than that. I got to check with Cole White on my price here. Fire feature, $9,000. Overall landscaping upgrade, $9,000. Landscape lighting, $6,800. Irrigation system, landscape maintenance, tree care, and standard lawn care services to close out those joy scores. Okay, so now joy scores versus the realtor recommendations. Okay, project earnings, the highest joy score for realtors. So nowhere is more important, um, no more apparent than the disparity between consumer joy scores for the 11 outdoor projects. I agree with you, Jeremy, Florida, same thing. You can be over a hundred thousand for a pool, um, for the 11 outdoor projects listed above the ROI focus recommendation of realtors. So projects earning the highest joy scores were these in ground pool, 10 landscaping, lighting, 10 new patio, 9.9, .9. slightly low, lower joy scores, uh, when outdoor kitchen tree care, standard lawn care and irrigation. Okay. So both of these charts are down below. Um, this is that overall joy score. And then you've got the cost recovery on outdoor remodeling projects. Let's let me know if, if you agree with these in the comments. Standard lawn care service, 217%. I'd agree with that. If if you're not keeping up on just general maintenance, if you look sloppy on the outside before somebody even walks in, it, it's gonna give them uh, a different feeling about the house, about the quality of the home. So uh, it's just standard layer lawn care service, 217% cost recovery. Landscape maintenance, you get 104% back. Overall landscape upgrade, 100% back. The outdoor kitchen, 100% back. I disagree with that. Let me know what you think. New patio, 95% back. Agree there. New wood deck, 89%. I can see that. Uh, tree care, 
87%. I think that would be dependent. Irrigation system installation. Yeah, if you're in Florida, if you're in, you know, Jeremy's neck of the woods in Austin, you know, I can see that. I, you know, irrigation in the Northeast, you're not going to get 83% of your money back. People just, people just aren't going to care about that. Some people will, but not 83% of people. Landscape lighting, 59%. Landscape lighting is really undervalued. Um, so I think that might be, that might be actually under, undercutting it. A fire feature, 56%. I disagree. In-ground pool addition, 56% of recovery. Yeah, they're very expensive. Um, I, I think that's probably right. Let me know what you guys think about that down below. And if you've got uh, sellers right now that are thinking about maybe putting in a pool before they put their house on the market, uh, this, this might be some good data to show them that your cost recovery on an in-ground pool addition would be 56%. You're typically on the typical home not going to capture all of that money back. Uh, Jeremy said, traditionally, I would tell people $100,000 pool is an add $100,000 in value. Absolutely right. Post-COVID in Austin, um, it would add. So, so it, but before COVID, that was the case. And then now people are um, looking for a pool. So I think that's going to depend on the market, right? If you're in, if you only get two, three months of summer, you know, Jeremy's probably getting eight months of pool use in Austin. Uh, but if you're getting two or three months of pool use, you're going to be closer to this 56% number even today, unless you're in a certain high-end neighborhood, you know, there, there could be uh, an argument there that you'd get the 100% or even more back. Uh, but we're just looking at typical home here on this scenario. So that report will be uh, down below for you. Oh, here we go. There you go. That, that report will be down below for you to check out if you'd like and grab those charts. You can just sign up for the daily download and get everything. Um, all right. Everything that's happening this week has to do with the banks. Yellen gave us an update yesterday after she almost verbally destroyed the economy on Wednesday. She tried to backtrack yesterday. Yellen says treasury is ready to take additional actions if warranted to stabilize banks. The federal emergency Refunds to depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank could be deployed again if necessary. So she wanted to basically kind of cover her tracks from wet, uh, Wednesday when she's like, that's not the case at all, right? Now she's saying, if we need to do it, we'll do it. What I'm still reading between the lines is me, Janet Yellen, Jay Powell, we'll pick the winners and losers on these banks. It's not going to be a standard blanket statement that everybody is 100% safe. The strong actions we've taken, this is a quote from Janet, ensure that Americans' deposits are safe. Certainly we would be prepared to take additional actions if warranted, but they're not. They're still not saying 100% of all depositors at 100% of the banks are 100% safe. They're, they're saying we're prepared, we're strong, we're liquid, We'll take more action if necessary. We're ready to go. Put me in the game, coach. I've, I've only been in the game the last 97 years, but you know, keep me in the game. The statement conveyed a different message in Yellen's remarks the day earlier when she told senators that Treasury was not considering any plans to ensure all U.S. banks uh, deposits without congressional uh, approval. So backtrack from Janet Yellen. Today hasn't made her job or the Fed's job any easier Dutch Bank 
Share slide 11% after sudden spike in the cost of insuring against its default. So a lot of banks are trying to figure out how they can uh, make sure this banking crisis doesn't happen to them. And uh, there you go. You see another bank now who hasn't been in the news as of late, now in the news. I did see that Switzerland, the Swiss claim the U.S. banking crisis ultimately toppled Credit Suisse. So they are blaming the U.S. banking issues and everybody's pointing fingers uh, in the banking world. Dow is down 200 points right now. S&P is down uh, just a little bit. NASDAQ down about a half a percent. And our 10-year, which is what we're watching to see where the housing market is going to go, is at 3.343. So 10 years down should signal good signs for our 30-year fixed today, which is um, which is what we're f- focused on. We ended the day yesterday at 6.44. So we've been h- hanging around that uh, just under six and a half mark the last couple of days, 6.45 to 6.44 the last two days. Pr- uh, pretty steady there. And we could see us get under that 6.4 number here to close out the week before we head into the weekend. Okay, so there we go. We've got a Knowledge Brokers podcast today at two o'clock. Myself, Tom Tool, and Lisa Chinati will be going pretty deep on all of these week, uh, all of this week's uh, news and information. Some of the stuff that we've touched on here on the hot sheet. Can't wait to get their thoughts on that. That'll be premiering on the Knowledge Brokers podcast channel. Just go at Knowledge Brokers podcast to check that out. Premiering today at two o'clock. In until I see you guys Monday morning. Please consider sharing this with somebody who wants a 24-hour look back on housing, and uh, we'll catch up then. Toodaloo.